We are rolling now. Counting us down. Three, two. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey there, Misketeers. Welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And if this is your first time listening, what we do here is we introduce each other to different media, whether it be movies, music, television, spoken word, books, experiences, things that have built us up as people. And we hope that in sharing it, it builds you up. We are the retrospective that is introspective. Uh, I am slain as though you wrote down my name and next to it a description that said podcast intro too good. Ooh, that is usually how I would murder people because um, I'm, I'm ill with words. <laughs> um, so this week we are talking about Death Note, the anime uh, created in 2006 based on the manga written by Sugumi Oba, uh, illustrations by Takeshi Obata, uh, and the series was directed by... Tetsuro Araki, who is really known for uh, very big, epic, sweeping anime. You might know him as the director of Attack on Titan. I've heard of that one. Uh, he got his start working on Card Captor Sakura. I was um, telling Lex about Card Captor earlier this week. Oh, so I've technically heard of that one too. Yeah. Okay. Um, but basically, as part of Madhouse Studios, which is. Uh, a studio that is known for uh, making very high quality content. Uh, their lines and their style is always very crisp. They utilize a CG sometimes in a, in a very efficient way. Uh, and they're also known for uh, making a lot uh, or making their budgets go very far. Um, they've made things like Attack on Titan, One Punch Man, um, and things of that sort, they're ugh, they're so good. Uh, so, and also something that they're known for is the ability to jump between different animation styles, which you'll see a lot in uh, in here, as in uh, Death Note, but you also see it uh, a lot in One Punch Man, things of that sort. Uh, so, Madhouse Studio, mwah, top of the game, uh, and it was also adapted by Toshiki Inoue. Uh, and so uh, I made Lex watch the first four episodes of the series. Uh, and so we're going to talk about that. I'll try to be as non-spoiler as possible uh, throughout, but I'll probably drop specifics about the episodes that I made him watch uh, and maybe drop hints about things that happen later on. So that's today's show. Uh, I guess I will pitch this really quickly yeah and i guess just for a little bit of context really quickly um obviously as you making me watch more anime but i i was uh familiar with this one in as much as i know i know it exists and i know that the the fandom is super passionate about it yeah but when you said that you wanted me to watch uh, death note the anime i said oh that's um it's the one that they they made a movie out of for netflix right yeah. Just so you guys all have an idea for the, the sort of knowledge level that I was working at when I sat down to watch this. But I will say, now pitch this to me, I will say I actually think, I think my exposure to the to the much maligned, it seems, Netflix adaptation of this material uh, actually helped me 
uh, as far as uh, sort of clearing some barriers to entry. But pitch this thing to me so that we can we can sort of we can dive in now that that has been framed thusly. Okay. Um, so if you like thrilling cat and mouse games between a genius student and a genius detective whose theme is might be a little Batman-esque. Who knows? It might be a little Sherlock-esque. Uh, if you want the ultimate teen-style Sherlock Moriarty battle of wits involving gods and police and insane standoffs and maybe even a few pop idols, then you will love Death Note. So that's my pitch. There's a lot that happens throughout the show that, like, it, in the first four episodes, it's almost like you get the the first act. You get uh, a lot of the introduction of characters, and you get the introduction and the rules of the Death Note. But really, it starts going off from there. Um and so uh, I, I really wanted to introduce you to this because, one, I thought you'd really dig it. Um, and two, I feel like, especially since your first exposure to Death Note was the movie, and maybe at some point in the, the second half of the show, we'll do a, what's the difference? Um, but uh, I really wanted you to get a, a taste of the, what, like, originally brought people to this title. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think that there is a lot to really enjoy, even if you're not a, an anime fan. And I think that like the, the original material of the manga is enhanced by the, the visual storytelling of this show. I think that it would be, uh, I think, I think, I don't know if it would have caught on as much if not for the, amazing uh like storyboarding and and connection of different visuals and the insane uh soundtrack that they have the soundtrack was done by uh yoshihisa hirano and hideki teniuchi and they found a way because there's a lot of uh christian god imagery within the show they found a way to combine uh, very old Gregorian, like Christian hymn style music with more modern cinematic music stylings or I guess scores, um, which I think really enhance all the visual scenes. So there's a I think it's in scene or in episode two where we get the very insane writing scene where it, they find a way to make uh, just writing names in a book, the most epic thing you've ever seen. Uh, and I think that that is a testament to how well uh, Tetsuro Araki can make his visuals enhance the, the storytelling. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, so so you, we need to... We need to jump into a little bit of plot stuff. We don't have to go too, too heavy uh, spoiler-wise, but I feel like I want to... Uh, contextualize for people up top, uh, Tari. What what is this? What is the story? The general story of Death Note in as a spoiler-free a telling as possible. Uh, how how would you describe it to 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 me or to somebody else who isn't me, but like me, wants you to tell them? Okay. Um, well, rewind the podcast to my pitch. 
uh, and then you basically get the gist of what it is. <laughs> you didn't tell us what it's about, though. You were like, it's got this in it. It's got this in it. It's got this in it. Here's all right. So I feel like you you pitched something real sort of awe inspiring. But I feel like for me, you worked even harder than than you needed to. I feel like for me, you just need to go as far as like this weird little overachieving sociopath finds a tool via which he can murder a ton of people with impunity and then goes, yes, I will do this. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty. It's okay. So I, uh, can we, okay. You want to go past the spoiler wall? Let's just jump over the spoiler wall so that I don't have to worry what qualifies and what doesn't. Okay. So, um, we're going to jump into the spoiler zone. Yep. That's what we're calling it now. Um, and so if you haven't seen Death Note, if you haven't watched the movies, if you don't know anything about it and you want go on in, you want to go in as fresh as possible, then uh, you can check it out. It's on Hulu. It's on Netflix. It's pretty much everywhere that you can find content um, and you can watch through the whole anime. You can also find the movies in a sort of different places. Um And there's also uh, Viz Media has the manga available on their site. uh, And you can uh, go through all the different chapters of that as well. So it's heavily available. Highly recommend you check out all the stuff. Um, And before we go into the spoiler zone, uh, make sure that you leave a like. uh, And by that, I mean rate and review on iTunes. If you are feeling so kind, just to make sure that we continue to jump in the charts and other people find us because as you know the most potent form of advertisement is word of mouth uh so all right we will be back right after this break all right we are back uh so you wanted to get into some heavy plot stuff yeah i mean so uh Yes, to get to get into the stuff that actually really did work for me and, and managed to grab me pretty quickly, I feel like, yeah, we do have to dive into some plot. Like I said, the only exposure to Death Note that I had had directly was seeing the Netflix movie, and I saw it, I want to say, probably the weekend it, it dropped, and I haven't seen it since, so my memory is very fuzzy. I just remember the general uh, conceit of, okay, you have this book, and whoever's name you write in the book will die, and that's about all I remember. And also, there's a Willem Dafoe monster. Right. Um, that's about all I remembered. So our, our guy, uh, Light, our student, finds this notebook and discovers uh, by writing a name he can kill a criminal. And my favorite thing, I think, really, and it didn't stop being my favorite thing in the entire four episodes, I think, is he sees what, what he can do with the Death Note, right? And he, he sort of starts to wrap his head around the implications of this power that he wields. Yeah. And, and, and his response, he's like, well, I gotta, I mean, that could, that could be a fluke, right? You know? So I, I guess I need to, to check my work by murdering a second person just to be sure that I murdered the first person. Right. And I was like, this is great. Okay. It's like, this is a good show. Yes. <laughs> it's a good it is a good. Show. <laughs> That's exactly what you, I believe you. I believe you, man. You should go do that. I believe in your cause. You go murder that other dude. How else could you be sure? I really, I don't know. At that moment, I went, I'm, I'm actually reasonably confident that the hands I'm in are, are good. Uh, I felt seen. Okay. I was like, that, that was written for me, wasn't it? And more, more to that point, every time my brain started to, 
try to poke holes and not even poke holes, but started to ask questions uh-huh. because the existence of the Death Note and the way it worked before we even get into the details of how it works or what the rules are. Yeah. The way it seems to work suggests a bunch of questions. Right. Right. Like, and I swear to God, the within moments of my brain going, for example, well, wait. So if I write like uh, if a guy named Dave Jones uh, pisses me off and I write Dave Jones in my death notice, every Dave Jones going to drop dead shit. Literally moments after I had the thought, they're like, so here's our rule about how you have to picture their face and shit like that. So. Um, it feels like, and what I think is really interesting is that, uh, it feels like there's a lot of explaining of mechanics and rules, um, and really like laying out, um, in a pretty ironclad way, the inner logistics of how this all works. Right. And I think, yes, a story should have its own internal logic, but a lot of times when a, when a story seems that focused on internal logistics, uh, it, it just ends up feeling it can feel very, uh, I mean, boring for lack of a better word. It can feel very emotionally unengaging, yeah. but because all of these mechanics are grounded in this fundamental human question of if you had such a power, how would you use it? How would you go about using it? And why would you go about using it? Because it's all grounded ultimately in that question, which is such a rich, fascinating question, both uh, emotionally and psychologically. Yeah. It ends up, Feel like you end up having this sort of visceral experience as all these rules are being explained to you, you know, mm-hmm. which I think is impressive. Um, and I thought that was very just in that very first episode. I thought that was incredibly well done and was not expecting our protagonist to be so on board with murder so quickly. Yes. So I well, I guess in ad- addressing those in order. Um, yes. I, I like that even though it's this fantastical thing from another world of death gods, they do essentially make it hard magic as opposed to soft magic. And I think that the fact that it's so rules heavy is uh, one, it shows that the whole thing was thought out very detailed like, and it also really allows us to see how smart and, uh, I guess, yeah, how, how smart and and uh, clever Light is because he finds ways to use those rules to his advantage. Um, but also, I think the way that they do the rule, like they don't give you all the rules at once. Uh, some of it is verbal. Some of it, like, you'll just have to read it in the, like, in-between screens. Um, and you don't really come into contact with the rule until it's, narratively necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like that. Uh, I also really like the fact that um, there's some of the stuff that isn't actually covered in the rules that he has to learn on the fly and adapt in order to make things work. Like there's a moment that Ryuk tells him about pe- other people being able to see him if they touch the death note. And he's like, you motherfucker, you should have told me that before. And I, I, like, I like to imagine that he was planning on just hitting people in the face with a death note. And then he's like, Oh, I guess I, ha- I can't do that. Um, so, so wait though, I, it did, it did feel like there were a couple, like a couple of the preliminary ones we sort of got out of the way early and then we saw how they became relevant. So what you're telling me, it sounds like is there are, I mean, presumably there's a finite number of rules, but if you, if you set up, the rules as a, a device 
a certain way in the writing. You could just come up with an infinite number of rules in dev. The show could run for 40 years and, you know, season 39, you're still going, oh, but uh, like maybe like your you, your sponsors are getting mad about some violence on your show or whatever. And it's like, oh, uh, yeah, but you can't use the death note at McDonald's. Nope. And shit like that. You know, like so you could just pull use pull rules indefinitely at that point no because i believe that there are definitively 13 rules that are written in the book um and then like just like rules and details are slightly different in that like yes there are 13 rules about how it works but then there are minute details in terms of the logistics of it um so i think there's there's also like in, in the when it comes to the manga there's like a definitive like listing of all the rules um that you can like read through and and kind of get your own pieces from okay um i mean there's is, is one of them you can't use the death note at mcdonald's nope none of that um but there there are uh i guess there is precedence in the the greater manga mythology because there are like side and one-offs in this world that there are instances where rules are changed uh, or added last minute so uh that but it's it's something it's something that's pretty rare okay but but how does that is there like a voting process that has to go through or if you just get your hand on the the like sort of the tome where the rules are enshrined you just go in there with a crayon and like write that shit in at the bottom no it's by the the shinigami king so he could basically just go in with a crayon and write some shit at the bottom okay so well so um as they stated like the rules aren't written in the death note usually ryuk himself wrote the rules down for light Right, and so there's that moment where he's like, "Are these all the rules?" And Ryuk was like, well, "I don't think so." Um, so I mean, it's still pretty right. So like, maybe those are all the rules, and maybe like there's a whole other document that like the the king doesn't even tell. This is me. I'm pantomiming, holding, yeah. I guess, a, a scroll or something. Uh, that maybe the king just doesn't tell anybody about until they've already broken one of the rules, until they use the Death Note at McDonald's. Right, and then he's like, "You can't do that." Ryuk, that's why there's no little plastic toy of you with the meals mm-hmm. because you keep using the death note at McDonald's. You pissed off the clown. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's how it works. The it's clown is actually the Shinigami king. Did you know Ronald McDonald is a Shinigami and he's the king of them? He distributes all the death notes. It's crazy. That's uh, why so many people die of uh, diabetes from from mcdonald's foods because it's owned by a death god that's why they call it diabetes we're gonna get sued now okay cool anyway so um another so you you mentioned him being on board with killing people and i like that like at first it seems like he's insanely unfazed but then we get the flashback and i believe it's episode two where um He's like Ryuk finally comes and he's like, oh, man, you've written so many names. And we get a flashback to after he killed the second guy and he's like in an alley and he's like, oh, I I did a bad. I can't believe I killed two people. I didn't mean to. And then you see him slowly, progressively, like try to rationalize it to himself to the point where it becomes megalomania where he's like. I mean, but maybe, maybe I'm the only one who can do it. No, I am the only one who can do it. Ah, shit. I'm going to be a God. Like you just feel it mount. Like 
and a testament to the the voice acting in both the Japanese and the American version. Um, they do a really good job of conveying that. Yeah, but it's also very telling, though, how he frames it, even when he's starting to unravel over what he's done. The way he frames it is like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. But no, bro, you you did mean to. You were told this book will kill people, and you went, well, let's give it a shot. And then you went, oh, I'm pretty sure I just killed someone with this book. Let me do it a second time, knowing that that is now the likely outcome. And I like that he's still, it makes sense psychologically that, that you would track from from there to having to reframe it so that you are not responsible for this horrible thing to having to pivot even further or like or a feeling a desire to pivot all the way in the other direction to not only uh, am I not responsible for a bad thing, but the thing I did is actually good. Mm-hmm. The thing I am actually everyone's hero. I'm not I'm yeah, like you say, like I'm essentially God now and I am the only truly sane, wise, passionate, wonderful being that can wield this power responsibly. Right. And again, I like how there's no like, yes, you, you get that one scene, but there's no prolonged arc of. Uh, be, him being at war with himself over whether or not uh, to finally take that initial jump, right? Uh, he just immediately, like right in the first show, he's just like, yeah, I'll do that. Well, he also rationalizes it as thinking that it's the, he thinks of it as like a chain letter. Um, and he spends a whole day, a whole day, um, just kind of like curious about it. And he like puts like at first he leaves it on the grass and then he like takes it home on a lark and he like looks at it and he's like, this is dumb. And then he like lays in bed and really has to think about it. And then he tries it out and maybe it may be coincidence, you know, but also so I yes, I'm thinking about the sequence uh, you're talking about where he like leaves it on the desk and lays in bed. And I'm thinking about the shots that they use. And it's very, you know, it's all obviously the entire style of the show is very uh, stylized but these shots of him the, the super cool stylized shots of him laying back and it almost looks like a guy who isn't really sitting there contemplating something deeply but who knows he probably should be and is like patting himself on the back just for going through the motion of like <laughs> laying there and you know big quotes thinking about it and shit uh-huh that's that's the vibe that i got i don't know that this dude was ever ever torn for even a second i think really if anything uh if if he's beginning to unravel after these two uh these two lives have been taken by his own hand i feel like if anything it's this dude being like oh my god am i gonna be caught i'm probably not gonna be caught right so it's not really bad is it i don't know so it is a good (laughs) i don't know if he ever even thought about well he's thought about the idea of him being caught in that the first time that he is contemplating taking a life or I guess the second time um, he is really like going through the mental motions of like what would and wouldn't so like there's that moment when he's in class and the bully is like I'm I'm a butt I'm a butt bully and then uh, he essentially is like I want to kill this guy but if I do they'll know it's me but maybe they won't because it's magic. Um, right. Like and, the, the so, only right. Like he, what gives him pause is, is that they might figure out it's him. The, the reason he's not going to kill someone else he goes to school with is primarily self-preservation. Right. 
Um, and then it becomes more about the idea that people are garbage and he's just taking out the garbage, you know, somebody's got to take out the garbage. It's like a, it's like a Thanos type thing, you know, somebody's got to take out the garbage and he's the smartest and coolest and has the most ability to take on that burden. I also do like though, to that point pretty early in the story within the first four episodes, uh, Ryuk has a conversation with him where essentially it's like, okay, so follow this all the way through to its logical conclusion. If you in your, uh, with all of your sort of uh, benevolent wrath and shit like that, uh, if you actually eliminate all of the bad people, then at a certain point, you will be the only bad person left. And I like I like that we're setting up that idea very early, and that Homeboy continues to double and triple and quadruple down regardless. Like that's I think my favorite aspect of this show, and why I th- there's every possibility I will actually continue to watch this show on my own mm-hmm. is because our protagonist is just a sociopathic monster. Yeah, he's just a horrible, horrible monster of a person. Right. It's great. <laughs> um. Yes. This is one of the first unlikable protagonists that I've I like actually dug though like I don't really view him as the protagonist I've he, like he's the point of view character and he's driving the story right but like I would say that like more so the the main protagonist is L would be like the hero character right right um but like it's also that he's so into his convictions and like they go out of their way to show how much it's like working. Like there are all these external conversations, even as he's walking through the streets about people being like crime is down. Like people are scared. No one wants to do anything bad. Um, and, and it becomes basically like a, like a, uh, authoritarian kind of a fascist, mentality where it's like oh man if i do a bad i'm gonna die Mm -hmm. and so people are being good out of fear as opposed to out of the concept of doing good for people right um i mean i think the biggest flaw is that if if he stop like if he if he dies like he doesn't have a successor or anything in mind so based on the episodes that you've seen like he he then kira's dead like kira kira stops you know right so like, you know, I don't, I don't think that, I don't, I don't, I think there are flaws, a few flaws. <laughs> but then they could just, the, the, the king guy will just write a new rule in Cran about how you can't, you can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know what deal the king made with McDonald's, but he keeps writing that shit into the rules. Yeah, it's true. He really wants there to be little plastic toys of all the death gods, and he knows that they won't sign off on it if they keep doing all the violence at their locations. Mm-hmm. You're really getting a kick out of this one, ain't you? I don't know why it's so stupid. Um, but I, I like that. Uh, another thing I enjoy is that because we get the reveal, I believe it's in the third episode, that uh, the... Chief of Police is Light's dad. Mm-hmm. He's basically aiding and embedding uh, Kira. So if that wasn't the case, Light would only really be half as effective. Uh, it's interesting how uh, Ryuk makes it sound like 
like light was not chosen for any particular reason. He just happened to pick it up. And the person that happened to pick it up is a person for whom these circumstances align in such a way that they can utilize this thing with sort of maximum efficiency and stuff. Right. But I also do like, because because light and like uh, it goes along with this megalomania that he exhibits like it's it's all of that is rooted in ego and narcissism typically yeah uh being told like getting sort of bitch slapped by Ryu telling him that no like you you don't have, the reason you have this is not because you're smart right like that's got nothing to fuck it you're not that smart you're not that smart you're not special I left it because I I don't know people are funny. <laughs> like I also love that like his whole deal so far seems to just be I don't know man people are fucking dumb I mean yes I think the best aspect about Ryuk is how neutral he is mm-hmm. like there's a there's a prolonged conversation uh, where he's like here I need you to know that I'm literally not on anybody's side and I'm here just for entertainment and I'm going to give you this little bit of inf- information because I'm annoyed so if you can help me do me a solid, that would be dope. But otherwise, um, I need you to know that, like, one, I don't care about you. And two, I'm going to kill you at some point. Uh, so in, in case you were wondering where I stood, it's there. That's where I stand. Um, I also like the, the, the sales pitch for the Shinigami eyes. Which is real, like I I like it. It's not a good pitch, ultimately, and thankfully, even even light has the wherewithal to go. You know what? I think I'm good, uh, <laughs> because it's it's really it's a terrible pitch. It's actually a terrible pitch. Like you get yes, you get this like a uh, uh, sort of second sight, but however much time you have left to live, you now have ha- you have half of that. Right. It's just a bad. That's not a good deal. I, which I assume I got to. I mean, I don't know. Cause I've only watched the first four episodes, but I, you got to assume that'll come back into play at some point in this story. Oh, it will. Yeah, you got to think it's gonna. But on its face, terrible, terrible deal. Maybe. I mean, but for the for the sake of using the Death Note, like it's it might be a worthy gambit if you're like being pursued and you just need to know someone's name, like. The, a lot of the series is you kind of, and I guess this is part of the, the big cat and mouse game, is that like he has to go to such lengths in order to get people's names, just like he did in, in episode four with the, uh, with the Ray Pimber uh, gambit, mm-hmm. is what I like to call it, um, just to find out the name of the guy who was following him. And so essentially it became a very like it, if if he had the eyes then everything would be so simple he'd just be like oh yeah your name's bloobity blue well yeah no and i could absolutely see that being a, a real big advantage in certain scenarios but we're talking about a nuclear option right like in a vacuum sitting here today with no immediate need for such an ability uh-huh. if you asked me you want this it'll cut your remaining lifespan in half I'd be like no i mean but Here's the thing. What if you were like a crazy stalker, right? Mm-hmm. And you were like, yo, I need them Shinigami eyes so I can go on Facebook and find all the people I'm stalking. I want to stalk that that person over there at the, at the market. And now, ooh, baby, I'm going to do that. Is that what you would do? Is that what I would do? No, I'm just thinking <laughs> of like ways that it could be useful. I mean, sure. Look, there are a number of ways in which it could be useful. So I guess it's really a matter of uh, priorities and goals. 
right? Because right. If, if you really only have specific goals, like like if you only have like a five person list of people you want to stalk and murder, and after that, like if you live three years or thirty years or three hundred years, yeah, whatever, you did it all. Uh, then sure, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you gotta hope you gotta hope that you have enough time. Like for all you know, you are gonna get hit by a bus next week, and now you've only got three days to get all your stalking done. Yeah, that's that's the gambit. Mm. Um, but if not, you know, I just feel like it's not a good. That's a deal you don't make unless you, your goals are relatively in sight. I feel, and you're ready to just sort of be done afterwards. Because for all you know, you got another day or two to have right. to have like a mai tai or something. Well, so. If you, if we're being for real, for real, I would use the Shinigami eyes because I'm terrible at names. Like I'm great with faces. You, you We met once. I will remember you forever, but I will not remember your name probably for the first six or seven times that we've met. Right. Um. So it would just be handy. Like I see someone uh, that I met, especially here in L.A., and I and they're like, oh, hey, Tari. And I go, Shinigami eyes, activate. And then uh, I see that their name is Sam Wilson. And I go, hey, Sam. Wow. Awkward moment avoided. I mean, pretty soon you'll just get like the whatever the next iteration of what they try to do with Google Glass mm-hmm. is. Whenever that comes out, you will be able to do. We'll all have the, the Shinigami eyes. Mm, okay it'll be horrifying because it'll also be part of that big like sort of fascist suppressive surveillance state that you were describing earlier right um so really we'll all, we'll all be living death note pretty soon Ooh, how nice and like all somebody somewhere is gonna have to do is write our name in a book and we'll get droned or something yeah it's already happening death note is real oh man that's that's your stance yep. that's the soapbox you're gonna die on yep. and the one the one rule, the one rule is that don't do drone stuff in mcdonald's yep that's it. Because they want little plastic toys of themselves. Mm-hmm. Because uh, priorities. Right. Of right. course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, I mean, I think it would be harrowing just to know people's lifespans. Like, it's good that it's not in human time. Because I guess Shinigami time is different. Their their clicks are different than our seconds or whatever. Right. Um. But I think that would be harrowing, just meeting someone and being like, oh, you're going to die tomorrow. Like, how do you, or oh, not even no. tomorrow, like, oh, you're going to die in 10 years. Like, I know, just to be so immediately and constantly aware of the sort of how finite everything is yeah. and how, how temporary everything is. And, and by extension, how ultimately insignificant each one of us is. Yeah. That's just, that'd be just too much. Or, but then you really know which relationships to invest in and which ones not to. Um, or you're like, is yo. That, is that how you, are you like an insurance company? You you <laughs> sort of assess who to have relationships with based on pre-existing conditions? <laughs> I mean, ooh, man. That's another way that you could use the Shinigami eyes. Is you, uh, you start a corporation. You're like, I like to meet with my... Uh, clients in person, me, the CEO, because I care. And then I meet them and I go, oh, yeah, I understand. And I go, they only have a week left. Get them out of here. <laughs> Uninsured. They'll only be paying for another month. Um, I'll be able to make those value assessments because I, too, am a sociopath. Maybe that's what's happening. What? 
there's a, a person with Shinigami eyes. Maybe uh, there's like two or three people with Shinigami eyes in various government postings. Uh-huh. Um, so, Lex, if you got a Death Note, what would you do? Yeah, you know what? I, I anticipated you asking me this question. And what I, what, I, what I like to think I would do if I knew what the thing was is figure out did we establish in uh did we establish in the first few episodes probably did right and i maybe just it slipped my mind how you pass the thing to the next person you have to die yourself once you have it no no you can just say well i mean you have to uh either uh just give it to the person and they just like do do what they will with it um or you go i relinquish ownership and then it goes to the next person See, I feel like I feel like I I don't know how I would cope with that kind of responsibility. So I feel like I would want to relinquish it as quickly as possible. However, you also have to be incredibly careful about how and to whom you are relinquishing it. So that that's the real question. Like what would I do? I mean, I guess I would I would have to come up with some process by which to determine the best candidate for some bullshit like that. Mm. Um but like who, you know what I mean? Like who, like, is there a single, could you imagine anybody like a non-fictional character, uh, not ultimately being entirely corrupted by power like that? Malala. All right. Anybody else? All right. Greta Thunberg. Really though? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like we don't know. Cause she's, she's young. Like a lot of the, she, a lot of changes could take place. Nah, I believe in her. Um, so the correct answer was burn it immediately but i see that oh, does that you, work uh, you just yeah. destroy it i didn't know like oh you just straight up burn it was an option i assumed that wasn't an option well you see that in uh episode three he sets up the contraption that would set the thing on fire yeah and uh, which is clever but it seems like i don't know to me it seems like you know a demonic murder book i feel like fire just seems to i maybe took it for granted that that wouldn't actually do it interesting why would you assume that just because in almost any other story with a book that has magic evil murder powers, uh, usually it's keeps not being able to be destroyed. Mm, like people, people like burn the shit. They'll uh, shoot it. They'll run it over. Some will try and eat it. Doesn't yeah. work. I mean, but we saw that he can take the pages out. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, maybe you just rip it up and scatter it across the world. Um, Make a bunch of little fires. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And then, like, you turn it into a big, like, a like a hashtag thing. So, like, a ton of people get a page, and then you all live stream the burning of it just so you know for sure that it's being burned. Yeah. You have definitely. to make sure that they don't know what the pages are. Because, like, once they have the page, then, like, they could go rogue. Yeah. They could, they, kill, could. they could kill everybody else. They could kill everybody else who has one of the pages. And because it's being live streamed with the hashtag they know everybody's face and everybody's name so they'll kill them all and then go around to all the sites and retrieve all the pages and put it back together to like one full death note uh and that'll be that'll be the horrible god oh, person now maybe i mean though technically if you're live streaming you could just use a like a username alias as opposed to like a real name that's true so unless but someone was faces. like, I need Shinigami eyes so I can uh, I can kill all these other people and become the singular Highlander of Death Note pages. Yeah. Yeah. That's how they talk. 
Yeah. Yes. I am the Highlander of Gethnote pages. Yeah, I thought it was a weird, a weird choice that they made in the dubbing to make everyone talk like that. It's a big choice. Like I it appreciate, choice. I appreciate the swing that they yeah. took. I don't know. Maybe it connected. I, who's who's to say? It's not for me to tell you whether or not to like choices like that. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm a big sub person. Did you watch the dub or the sub? I saw I watched the dub, actually. Okay, cool. Um, and I liked it. I thought the voice, the, the American voice cast did a really great job. It felt very accessible. It felt so I, uh, as we've established on the show uh, repeatedly, I'm not an anime person. I find most of it just like, aggressively inaccessible. Uh, really the closest I ever came to keeping up with an anime for any length of time was when I was the, like nine years old or so. And the Pokemon show was, was in its original run. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is not much like that show at all. Uh, but this is the closest that I feel I've come since then to the feeling I got watching that. Okay. Um, and it, it's a couple of different factors, right? I think part of, uh, with Pokemon too, there was a sort of like, I had the, the Game Boy games, right? So there was, I already had a foot in, in a way, or at least a toe in, yeah. and it made it maybe that much more accessible, right? The same way, like with Death Note, I had seen the Netflix movie. So I had like a toe in that water maybe, and it made it feel a little bit more accessible, but whatever the case, um, finding it a little bit easier to get in in the first place. And then also, yeah, I think it, uh, feels very like i don't know how direct the translations are but it feels very uh, americanized in sort of the 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 way everybody's speaking not just the literal words that they're using and so it makes it just feel like you you, you check out at a certain point or, or rather um you forget that you're listening to something that was translated from the language it was first written in yeah um and it just makes it yeah made it very yeah. watchable um yeah they put a lot of effort into it uh a little known fact uh, I was working at Viz when we were putting together the the DVDs for these, so uh, I helped make the DVDs, guys. Ah, what did you, what did you do on the DVDs? I did uh, quality control, and I did the music cue sheets. Um, and yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, they put a lot of effort into making a really viable product. Um, and the the casting was very strict, and and they got. Uh, a lot of the top talent working out of Canada at the time. They also got, uh, I don't know if you're a big Battlestar Galactica fan, but the guy who played Gaeta is L. Um, and so uh, that was like a really big casting because he loved the an- the manga. Um, and so he... Interesting. Yeah, he vied. Like he really w- was like, yo, I want to play L. And we were like, yeah, fuck yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. And so like Ryuk is played by the original Vegeta in the ocean dub of uh, Dragon Ball Z. Um, And uh, uh, Light is played by the guy who does uh, Gohan and a bunch of other stuff. Um, But yeah, like all the all the main actors are like top talent and they really went out of their way to make sure it was as, as accessible as possible. Well, it worked. Good job. Yeah. Unlike the movie that was created by Netflix, now it's time for What's the Difference? All right. So this is the this is angry. Angry, what's the difference? Yeah. So uh, a lot of people, as uh, I alluded to uh, much earlier in this conversation, a lot of fans of Death Note do not care for this movie one bit. Now, I only saw it the one time, like I said, yeah. and it was my very first exposure to, to Death Note, so I didn't uh, have any point of comparison mm-hmm. uh, against which to judge it harshly yeah i thought it was fine 
Yeah. I don't, I couldn't elaborate on that because I barely remember the movie now, but I right. thought it was fine. Um, it was bad. Okay. So the cinematography was good. Uh, it was very well shot. Um, the acting was bad. The, uh, storytelling was like bad. It was bad. It was bad storytelling. And here's why. Um, I feel like they were trying to find a balance between, I don't know why comedy, but like teen drama and a thriller slash horror aspect. Um, okay, that sounds right. Yeah. Whereas like the original story is specifically thriller. There's no, there's no horror or there's no like teen drama aspect. In fact, I would, I would argue that uh, Light Yagami is asexual as fuck. Um, even when he went on his date in the in the fourth episode, she was like, "I'm gonna snuggle up," and he's like, Ugh. "Well, the date in the first place, the whole exercise felt like a, a means to a completely unrelated end. Like he wouldn't really be on the date if he didn't need to get some other shit done." Yeah, but I all like later we meet Misa, who is we have a. Uh, I think her name was Mia in the movie. Um, and she ends up, I mean, she's obnoxious and he hates her. Um, but uh, he also doesn't want to do any, any smooching with her as well. Um, I, I think, yeah, anyway. Um, but in, in the, in the American rendition, I feel like there was a lot of, emphasis on trying to kind of take responsibility away from light. Whereas like in the original story, light is the driving factor in that like he, in his like ambition and overconfidence is what is causing him to write people's name and try to reshape the world, you know? Hmm. Um, and I think that that is what is mostly lost in that movie. Um, in that I feel like they try to put a little bit on, on Misa, they try, or Mia, they try to put a little bit on Ryuk. Like there's a, a moment where he's like, Ryuk, why are you doing all these things? And Ryuk is like, I don't care. I just want to eat apples. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big bad. Oh boy. I'm going to do bad things. Um, and then at the very end, they're like, oh man, look at him do sweet sweet complicated things whereas like throughout the very from the very beginning of the story light is really like digging into the rules and trying to figure out ways that he can test them out and and take advantage of them and uh i i really and he's also like arrogant as fuck mm -hmm. whereas like there's a lot of insecurity in the light of the the movie where I, I, I think it makes him less appealing as a POV character. Um, it, it, it feels also like there's maybe some reticence on the part of the, the people doing the, ad, uh, the, the people doing the adapting to make a character that, that is potentially, you know, quote unquote, too unlikable. But what you end up doing is sort of robbing him of what makes him an interesting character. Right. Like, 
and I feel like maybe this is what maybe this is what's been missing from some of the the anime uh, that you have had me watch is that the protagonists have been entirely too likable and entirely uh, too uncommitted to just truly viciously evil acts. Um, but no, like this is uh, this is an interesting character. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm, I'm vaguely remembering what you're what you're talking about as far as the differences in characterization uh, where the movie's concerned. And yeah, that just sounds less interesting. Yeah. Um, I also, every time I think of the movie, think about the scene where Light first meets Ryuk and how, like, cartoonish it becomes. Like, there's a bunch of wind happening and he's, like, in a window and he's flopping around being like, he becomes a turkey or something. Um, Whereas, like, in, in the, I think in the original story, everything that happens is there to communicate something and so when we when he first meets light or when he when light first meets ryuk um he is surprised and he falls out of his chair and he like gains his composure and you realize that he's been expecting this and it's his it's this time where he makes his declaration that like he has committed his soul to to doing what he thinks is right and it's your your chance to really have him uh, make a declarative statement and start your next act of his life. Um, whereas it felt like just like a gag. Yeah, like it's just like a fun throwaway gag in the original where they're like, oh man, death gods are scary. Am I right, guys? Yucka, yucka, yucka. Oh man, what what if you met this this crazy monster in real life? It'd be so crazy, right? So scary. I do. I actually feel like you maybe like got got to the heart of a big part of the approach, right? It's like, it is the, it is the, what, what would you do if you met this weird monster guy in real life type shit of it all, right? Because it's, it's like in trying to make the character more relatable, right? By giving him these insecurities, giving him greater uh, doubt, uh, you end up letting the viewer off the hook, right? Because they, they're able to just sort of pat themselves on the back and go, well, like, you know, maybe he's not making all the best choices, but it's really tough. And like in that situation too, like I, I, I would be right. I'd be on the side of right. Totally. But like, you know, like sometimes things get really hard and you wouldn't necessarily know what to do and stuff, but like I would totally do my best to do the right thing and so on and so forth. Whereas the way he's characterized in the anime, you're it really like him committing so assuredly to these horrible things, I think forces you as an audience member to actually check yourself um, really like choice by choice by choice go, okay, so how on board with this am I? Right. And how on board with this do I actually think I would be? And like this, this, the show is not at least certainly in the first four episodes, it's not really offering its audience any easy out. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is so much more compelling. And it's so much like now, again, I remember the movie so vaguely, but the way we're talking about it, it just, how could it not feel so completely watered down in comparison? Right. So, I mean, I think that's what boils down to why people had an issue where they, they were asked difficult questions. And like the anime itself is even, even at its core is a, uh, more character oriented uh, version of the the manga. Like the manga really like goes out of its way to ask the deep questions and, and really like tries to show the greater impact of what's happening. Whereas like when uh, Araki and uh, Inoue were, were adapting it, they were like, we want to make sure that we take the core idea of it 
and make it so it's something that people can take in uh, as an anime, which is something that like is constantly moving, something that has momentum. And so uh, they found a, a really good balance between taking the really heavy ideas and also making it something that is digestible for an anime audience. Whereas like the manga is like, I'm going to dive in. I have all the text bubbles in the world. I'm going to fucking dive in to the ethics of this and like how it affects people. And if this is a good or if it is not and what our specific perspectives are. And once you get to the end, like you really get to the perspective of the original writer who like his, his idea or his, his take on it is that like no human has the right or the the capacity to judge another human right or as kanye west taught us no one man should have all that power yep that's saint kanye um kanye has the the eyes mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm sorry you were saying <laughs> i don't remember um but so but but so you talked about um you talked about by the time you sort of work your way to the end you, yeah. you sort of arrive back at at that at that original perspective of the of the creator so so uh on that note i guess i want to ask you what was the what was the run of this like how long was the run of death note i believe it is 30 30 episodes maybe 32 um the first episodes being like the yeah the first few, uh half being like just about 20 episodes in the last piece being about 10 or so episodes. Okay. Um, and is it, uh, by the time you get to the end of that run, is it like a complete thought? Like, do they actually sort of end their story or does it just go and then it stops at some point? Uh, yes. They, they knew exactly where it was going to end from the very beginning. Okay. Um, both through the manga and the, the, the anime. Okay, and then my next question is: I know that before a while before the the Netflix thing happened, there was uh, at least one other live action movie adaptation. Is that so, yes. liked or hated? Um, it so there are uh, three live action movies made in Japan. So the the there's the part one and part two of the live action adaptation, which is pretty good. Um, they like take some liberties, which allow it to exist in just the two movies um because taking 30 episodes of content um is difficult so in streaming it into two movies is tough so they like allow you to find a good jumping off point uh in the first movie and then continue through the second movie um and the the cg is pretty good and then we have like a a short spin-off movie called um death note l save the world or something to that effect and it basically takes place um it takes place in the middle of the second movie um or i guess towards the end of the second movie it's just like a little fun side story that takes place um and that one is bonkers it's fucking crazy um i i love it because it's it's just so dumb. I like watched it at a con at one point. They had like a big public showing when it first uh, premiered, and it's just it's like if you took the character of L, which everyone really likes, because he's so he like he's so idiosyncratic and 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 weird, and they paired him with a, a little girl who's looking for her dad, um, 
And so it's this little adventure of him trying to help her find her dad. And it's, it's insane. Okay. Um, but so those are the, the live action ones. Um, and I, I recommend them. I think they're fun. There is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, also a musical. The musical is great. Okay. Um, yes. I've talked to you about the musical a couple times in that um, they haven't done a American ad- adaptation yet, though technically the original demo music was written in English by the, the dude who did uh, Jekyll and Hyde and Scarlet Pumpernail. Oh, wow. Um, so he, uh, he composed and wrote the lyrics for the, uh, the musical uh, in conjunction with the Japanese uh, writer. Is that available anywhere? Yes. So okay. you can get the demo. Um, the, I can, uh, I'll send you a link. Okay. Um, uh, and you can also find, there's a, a fully uh, like videotaped version of the, uh, the Japanese production of the musical. They also did a, a Korean adaptation as well. Um, and that one is, is fun because their L has like crazy blue hair. Um, but uh, I I really want them to bring it to America because it's so good. Uh, the songs are fun. Uh, it's really well uh, put together. They managed to keep all of the uh, the themes intact, and they also keep the dynamic between the two characters uh, intact, which I think it, it could be hard to do in musical form, but like it's enhanced by the fact that they can do duets. Mm-hmm. Um, that was going to be my next question. Like I, I immediately thought of it's the end of the second episode where I think L is sort of declaring his intention to pursue uh, light and also vice versa. Yeah. Um, and they're basically doing, you know, it's, it's not sung, it's dialogue, but they're basically duetting over each other. They're practically speaking in harmony at a certain point. So my brain immediately went to, Oh, but like they definitely have to fucking do like one of them's on one side of the stage and the other one's all the way to the other side of the stage. And they're both fucking singing like at nothing, but also at each other overlapping. Right. Good shit. Oh Yeah. And also, there's a. Uh, this is only a, I guess, a minor spoiler, but at some point they meet face to face and they play a game of tennis against one another. Okay. Um, and so that is recreated in the musical, um, and because they, they have one of those like turning uh, uh, pieces that they have in, in most modern musicals nowadays, and so they're they're doing the tennis game in the musical while singing uh, the song, and it's. It's insane, but it's so fun. Right. Um, because in in the in the anime, the tennis scene is is almost played like a chess match in that they're both trying to figure out uh, they're trying to suss each other out while they're playing, and like so, Light's trying to figure out if he should um, if he should play at his highest capacity. To, um, but if he does so, will it show that he is? as competitive as Kira is. And, and L is also trying to analyze what light does as they're playing. And so it's this back and forth as they're hitting the ball. Um, See, this is why I don't want the murder book, man. Too much shit to think about. <laughs> um, you just have to be smart about it. You know, just be a genius. That's it. Uh, I mean, also I think in our current society, um, it would be it'd be easy to be a to be a Kira, you know. People die all the time. People die just you know in in massive and also light in his 
everlasting arrogance was like, yo, I'm going to have everybody die of a heart attack. So they know it's me, motherfucker. Whereas like nowadays, there's so many things that can kill people. I'd be like tetanus. Uh, he got a virus. Like, he got the flu. Asbestos is back, bitch. Yeah. Um, so it'd be so easy to be Kira nowadays, but you got to hold the, the, the burden of being the new God of a new era. You got to be a motherfucking fascist, baby. You like fascism. It's back in full force and you can do it with this notebook. Take my eyes too much, man. I just want my little plastic toys. Um, all right. Well, I want to be on my best behavior. So they'll make little plastic toys of me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, they never will. Sorry. Oh, yep. Fuck. Well, then give me the fucking murder book. <laughs> okay. Here you go. Take my eyes. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? Uh, no bullshit. I really might continue watching this. You should. This is uh, the the first the first time I think uh, you've shown me one of these, and I've gone, oh, I might actually elect to watch this of my own volition Good. on my own time. And knowing that it's uh, only thirty something episodes they're not very long and that they actually do tell a full complete closed story uh i'm curious yeah and once you finish the the show um let me know and i'll send you a link to the the most recent one-off they um in honor of death note uh i had an anniversary recently um they released a one-off that takes place after the events of the main series um, and it's, it's short, just like a, a quick 80 page manga. Um, and it's, it's really good. It's, I, I want more of it and I want them to make it into an animated version, but it's very well done. Is, um, is anything, I mean, you said that's, that's fairly recent. Um, is anything really being done with the property now? Because like, it's such a passionate fan base and there's, there's so many different iterations. So like, is there anything, do you know, are they like working on anything tied to it right now? Or is it just sort of dormant until somebody comes along and goes, Hey, there's a pile of money over there. <laughs> well, I mean, the, the most recent thing done was like last, last year, maybe the year before with the live action movie. Uh, and then this year with the one-offs. So was like, that wait? Was that that recent? Yeah. God, that feels the Netflix movie feels like it was longer ago than that. I mean, because it's bad, and you hated it. You put it out of your mind. You were like, I must have experienced this when I was a young young boy, because I had young <laughs> that's, boy that's sensibilities. Where all my traumas are. Um, yep. But uh, yeah, so like, it's things are still happening with it, but like. And, and I'm sure that they're probably trying to make a sequel to that movie, even though, because they set up a sequel. And um, I don't remember at all. You shouldn't, you shouldn't watch it. It's well, dumb. here's, here's the thing is that especially if I watch the entire anime, it will absolutely be watched again by me. Yeah. Because this time I'll understand why fans of the anime like it so little. Yeah. Um, but then also I would be very curious to check out, obviously the, the Japanese live action adaptations. Yeah. Check them out. Um, we'll see. We'll see if I actually make it through the entire show first. But I, mean, I hope so. The odds are actually not zero, which is fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, okay. And I think that if you like this one, I'll recommend another one. Probably not for the show. Maybe for the show. But it's called Black Lagoon. Same animation studio. Same director. Um, equally at... I, I would say equally uh, as filled with murderous people um, and crazy moral questions, more fucked up. All right. Yeah. 
So those are the those are the buzzwords. Those are the sweet buzzwords <laughs> right there. Do I got the job? All right. Um, but that's it. Uh, we really hope you guys enjoyed our discussion about Death Note. Uh, what did you, what what do y'all think about Death Note? No spoilers, because Lex Michael hasn't seen it. Tell him what you like about it without spoiling it. You can do so on Twitter, Instagram, where? At the Lex Michael. And you can find me. Just tell me what you thought about all the cool stuff, like the one-off. Or tell me what you thought about the movie and how much it was not good. Um, you can do so at Tari J. T-R-I-J-A-Y. Um, thank you again for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening to the show. Uh, and we will talk to you next week. Until then, this has been the retrospective that is introspective. And now you have a new perspective. Go out there and be kind. Don't do murders. And maybe one day McDonald's will hand out plastic toys of you. One could only hope. Yeah.